0: If you have a copy of God's Word, I would invite you to turn with me to Acts chapter 20, is where we will make a home today, Acts 20. Just a couple of, of quick remarks. I do want to uh, let you know uh, that it's been a, a good weekend for a lot of reasons, uh, not just last night. Uh, I, have I ever been the type of person to gloat, guys? <laughs> okay, that's fair. um but the last night I had a decision Do I wear my jersey this morning Or do I just wear my Astros tie So if you're wondering why am I dressed nice It's a subtle celebration, okay It could have been worse That's all I want you to know, it could have been worse uh, but, but yeah, that, that was fun But uh, yesterday was, was more special than that uh, Because yesterday was also uh, Mallory and I celebrating 11 years of being married So that was awesome So and because I know that you are nicer to her than you are me, she bought me this tie, okay? So you better be nice, all right? Uh, also, it's been a pleasure to have our friend, Dr. Robert Verkirka with us hanging out this weekend. Uh, we got to go to a, a football game yesterday. It's always a blessing to have him in town. So, um, yeah, it's a good thing. I, I do just want you to be in prayer, though. Our three-year-old son, uh, a couple days ago, uh, let us know some difficult news that turns out he's a Phillies fan. So, I just... Uh, I would appreciate your prayers and respect our privacy in this difficult time, okay? (laughs) Please. So four years ago when we moved to Wichita, one of the things that people told us about that we had to go check out... Uh, was this grocery store called Dylan's? right? There's lots of Dillon's there. Like, I kept seeing this, what is Dylan's? And they said, it's a grocery store. And you know, I come from the land of rural Southeast Texas, where it's basically Walmart or mom and pop shop type deals, right? So uh, we were intrigued by this uh, fantastic grocery store setup. So uh, we went to Dylan's, and wow, sure enough, man, like this was pre-COVID. So they had the salad bar still. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. There's meat on there, uh, salad I could do without that. But we're just just hanging out and looking at everything like this is great. So you know what you do when you go to the grocery store, right? You end up buying things you didn't even plan on buying. Next thing you know, we've got a cart full and we're going up to uh, the register, put all of our stuff on there and they're checking it out. And then they ask this question, are you a rewards member? And at that point, I'm like, "Uh, no, we're brand new here. And they say, do you want to be a rewards member? And she explained everything to me about what it means to be a rewards member. And I thought about it in the moment, and I thought, man— It's gonna take a lot of time for me to go through this process. I gotta give them my phone number, that's kind of a whooping, and I don't really know that it's worth my hassle to become a rewards member. I just don't really think that that's something I need to consider right now. And then on top of that, I thought about it a little more, and I kinda got mad about it, because I'm like, wait a second, so you're telling me to have all of the rights, privileges, and discounts of Dylan's, I have to sign up and be a member? We're in America last time I checked And by golly, I ought to be able to go into the grocery store And buy things with all the same rights and privileges of everybody else Without having to go through the big rigmarole of signing up To be a Dylan's Plus Rewards member Well, some of you think, well that's a little extra And yes, I'm being facetious, that actually didn't happen Uh, We signed up, I think Mallory's the one who did it I might have been thinking those things But what I want to do is suggest to you that the same types of arguments that I was giving there are reasons that are given for people who don't believe in church membership. Uh, I think that some people think, man, it's not really worth the hassle. Like, you got to go to a class and you got to take time to do all this. And they want my address and and my information. And some of you are like, my birth date, right? Like, I got to fill out a card. Like, I got to do all this stuff. And, And what does it even change? I don't actually know that it's worth the hassle and the time. And then on the other side, there are some people who say, well, I don't really know if you even should have to be a member of a church. When I gave my life to Christ, my membership was sealed in heaven, and I'm already a member, so it doesn't matter if my name's on a piece of paper somewhere. That's obviously a more spiritual-sounding answer. But what I want to suggest to you is that both of those approaches are actually wrong that those both of those approaches are faulty i'm not here today i want you to hear my heart from the very beginning of this series i'm not here today to try to get our membership rolls up let me just tell you if i wanted to do that i certainly wouldn't do it by taking two weeks to talk about church membership i mean look at y'all some of y'all some of you are watching online because you didn't want to come today right because i told you i was going to be talking about church membership So so my heart is not just to try to grow our membership roles. I don't care about names on pieces of paper and all of that. I want to talk to you today and next week about church membership because I believe that Jesus Christ cares about his church in a great way. And I believe that being part of this church means belonging to a local body of believers somewhere. And the way that we do that is through meaningful church membership. So I want to just really look at a text And read a pretty lengthy text here in Acts 20 And we're going to talk about it briefly But kind of give a a picture of what it means to belong to a church And why you should belong to a church And then we're going to spend some time talking about How that fleshes itself out here at Crossroads So we're in Acts 20, starting in verse 17 Here's what the Word of God says Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus And just talking about Paul And he called the elders of the church to come to him And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that, in, uh, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God." And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. And now listen to this charge to these elders or pastors in Ephesus. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure fierce wolves will come in among you not sparing the flock and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Will you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this text. Thank you for your word that I believe so clearly shows us a picture and a model of a local church that belonged to one another and served together under the banner of Christ and under the local leadership that you had established. God, I pray that as we think through these things together, as we talk about uh, an issue that I know many of my friends have many thoughts on, God, I pray that that today uh, you would show us your truth from your word in a way that sticks with us, Lord. We thank you for what you're going to do. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, obviously, this is a very emotional passage. I Just for time's sake, didn't read through to the end, but this ends with them hugging one another and tears are shed because Paul just told them, hey, I'm never going to see you again. He had spent the longest, uh, you know, Paul went and planted churches in different areas. The longest tenured time he was anywhere was Ephesus. For three years, he labored with them and shared the gospel with them and raised up new leaders who are evidently leading well. But he wants to stop through on his way to Rome, really the last chance to visit with them. And man, you can almost feel the weight of those words. And isn't there something to, to that saying of famous last words? Knowing that this is the last shot he has with these guys, he's just trying to download his heart for the church into their hearts. He wants them to see the truth and grab a hold of it as shepherds of the flock. So the Spirit is leading this conversation, and in this conversation, he gives them guidance concerning leadership in the church. And I think that in this, we see a snapshot, if you will, of the early church and how they operated. Now I want to tell you this isn't an apology, it's an explanation. Uh, generally speaking about 90% of the time we are doing what we call expository preaching which is going verse by verse and drawing our truths and applications out of the text but occasionally in seasons of ministry we have a, a Sunday or two where we're addressing specific topics in a way that relates to scripture and that's what this is today so I just want you to know there's a difference in what we're doing today and what we might normally do so if you're a guest with us and you're like I didn't like that come back in a couple weeks and give us a shot okay uh, but, but this is an important conversation that I think we need to have today. A- after talking in this text first about how he led, Paul says, this is what I did. And then he pivots to when I asked you to pay closer attention, right? And he said, here's how you should lead in light of how I led and how the Lord has led us. And it's in this text that Paul begins to charge these pastors what they call to shepherd the flock. And it's through this call to shepherd the flock that I think we actually see the shape of the local church. And the first thing we see is this, that God has given leadership to the church. God has given leadership to the church. We have in this text elders and not only elders but we have this term overseers these are terms that are used in the new testament that where we get words like bishop overseer pastor elder shepherd all of these words are used in an interchangeable way in the new testament to speak of one office and it is the office of pastor elder verse 28 paul said hey listen leaders First, pay careful attention to yourself. Do you see that in verse 28? Pay careful attention to a couple of things. First, yourselves. Friends, you and I know that that we have seen in the news or even experienced in person the, the catastrophe of when leaders of God's church don't act like leaders of God's church makes a big mess. It hurts people. It disrupts the work of God in a serious way. So as as a pastor elder, can I tell you that when I was studying this text, it just pierced my heart. Hey, pay, pay attention. Man, I tend to watch so many other things. It's like watching the dashboard in your car, looking at all the levers and all the different things in there, and then you don't stop and look at, well, I'm speeding 15 miles over the speed limit right now, right? Like, are you controlling yourself while you're looking at all these other things? So Paul says to these pastors, hey, listen, watch yourself first. We've talked at length multiple times about the high biblical standards of being an elder or a pastor I'm humbled every single time I read through those. You find those lists in First Timothy. You also find that in First Peter as well. It is a high calling, but it is a serious calling. Leaders must guard their lives. They'll be held to a higher standard, according to Hebrews 13. But godly leaders also, in this text, first need to watch themselves. But what did the text say? They have to watch the flock of God. The flock that, according to verse 28, the Holy Spirit has made leaders overseers of. Godly leaders not only watch themselves, but they must oversee and care for the church. Guys, this is not something I'm cherry-picking from Acts chapter 20. This is seen all throughout Scripture, isn't it? And if you don't believe me, here's a few examples. First Peter 5 says elders are to shepherd the flock of god now listen to this statement that is among you shepherd the flock of god that is among you i referenced hebrews chapter 13 hebrews 13 is a challenging text for pastors because it says yes pastors you are going to be held to a higher standard for overseeing the flock but then you know what else it says it says that the flock is to be a joy to their pastor love that passage but it's a challenging passage and then here in verses 29 through 32 he uh, Paul says listen fierce wolves are going to come in they're not going to spare you and from even within the church there are going to be people speaking twisted things trying to draw people after them says it is your job to admonish the church and to challenge them God has given leaders to the church to oversee and direct the people of God you say well that sounds pretty authoritarian pastor well here's how we do this primarily the way that we oversee the souls of the flock of God that is among us as elders and pastors is by feeding the sheep the word of God do you remember John uh, in John's gospel how Peter had denied Jesus three times what a goober I never mess up like he did (laughs) but his got put in the Bible that's a bummer isn't it Peter and John got together later and they're like really man I could have told some stories on you you know no but it's an encouragement isn't it that that Peter after denying Christ three times when Christ is resurrected and is walking around he invites Peter to restoration and do you remember that pattern three times he said hey Peter do you love me Peter's like yeah you know I love you what did he say feed my sheep Asked him again, hey, hey, do you love me? And he's like, yes, I love, you. feed my sheep. Yes, I love, three times he asks and the response is, then feed my sheep. How does a pastor or elder feed the sheep? Brothers and sisters, it's through teaching and preaching the word of God. So godly leaders must oversee and care for the church, but this leads to a big question, and this is where I want you to hear me today. Who is the flock of God among us? How is a pastor or elder to know who is in the flock of God among them? Is it just showing up here and sitting in a seat from time to time? Does that mean all of a sudden you're under my care as the shepherd? Ah, that's, That's challenging and tough, isn't it? Who is the church of Jesus Christ at Crossroad? Who is it that the Holy Spirit has called and brought into this local body of believers for me as one of the pastor's elders to oversee? Who is it? And friends, this is where I would suggest to you that church membership becomes very important. So I wanna talk for a moment about church membership. And here's what I wanna say to you, friends. You need to be submitted to godly leadership and care and for you to be submitted to godly leadership and care Leaders need to know who it is that they are to oversee and care for Like this is just practical, isn't it? I I hope that you're seeing how basic and simple this is And some of you are like, well duh, this sounds so simplistic But the reality, this is something that people have argued for years and years about church membership But I want you to understand and hear my heart This is as basic as you need to be submitted to a local body Where you can have care from a pastor or pastors and elders And leaders need to know who it is that they're to oversee and care for. How do we do that without church membership? One of the things that people often say to me is, well, membership isn't in the Bible anywhere, pastor. Well, neither is the Trinity. I knew it would get quiet then. Because that's some of your trump card every time. Pastor, I've heard people have said this to me. You can tell this is a Southeast Texas accent, so you know where they asked me. Pastor? Pastor? I've never seen the word membership in the Bible. If you show it to me, I'll join your church. I'm just kind of like, all right, well, let me tell you, there's some other good churches right down the road. Uh, There's First Baptist. No, I'm kidding. Here's the reality: membership. The word is not in the Scripture, but neither is the word Trinity. But what we know from the Trinity is that the Word of God speaks to this in so many ways, in so many passages uh, about God in three persons: God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We see that, and literally thousands of years of Orthodox Christianity have taught this doctrine, and that's why we believe in the Trinity. Even though the word Trinity is never in the Bible, and what I would submit to you, brothers and sisters, is that though the word membership is not in the Bible, the Concept of belonging to a local church and being part of a body of believers is in the new testament and you have to really work hard to avoid seeing it yet many people do today the new testament model consistently models belonging and connection the bible talks about the church as the family of god how family is connected with all different parts. It talks about the human body. The church is the body of Christ, right? Like all these parts that are dependent on one another and connected in a real and tangible way. It talks about stones in a wall, First Peter chapter 2, right? We're living stones being stacked that if you start taking pieces out, I've called it like church Jenga before, right? When you get mad and take your ball and go home, enough of you do that, the church tumps over because we are one church that God is building together. So there's all these texts that talk about this, and we see this togetherness and this connection to a local body of believers and people intentionally identifying with a local body of believers. Paul writes his letters to who? To all of you Christians there in Colossae. Sometimes he says to the saints, but do you know what he usually says? To the church. Hey, hey, and tell the church that meets in this lady's house the new testament models this think about acts chapter 2 after revival breaks out right in an epic and amazing way thousands are saved and we know how many are saved remember what the text says about three thousand were added to their number how do we know because they counted (laughs) they counted and let me just tell you this friends they didn't count so they could tweet about it and put it on their church facebook page they counted because it mattered and they wanted to know who was a part of this work that God was doing so what is it that happens in church membership from a biblical perspective we've kind of touched on it but I just want to really make it abundantly clear today this is what happens in church membership first there's submission to leadership brothers and sisters you need pastors in your life you need spiritual leadership and spiritual oversight the bible models this this isn't a a power trip because it's not about me friends in fact when the bible talks about pastors and elders you're going to see that it's almost always in the plural sense i've made no bones about it that that down the road i hope to have lay elders in our church pastors called by god raised up from within our own church to help shepherd the flock but even now we have multiple pastors on staff and we care about you we love you and we want to lead you well by feeding you the word of God so hear me when I say this friends you need a pastor not just a preacher y'all I want to preach well I think you know that like I work probably ridiculously hard on it sometimes because I sometimes it's easy for pastors to forget uh, you didn't call me here to be an epic communicator you called me here to be your pastor so I certainly want to show myself approved. I want you to know I'm working. I want you to know that I'm getting better. I hope that in four years you're like, he's, he's, got, he's growing on it, right? I, I want that, but at the same time, friends, I, I want you to hear my heart. My desire is to shepherd you and lovingly give you spiritual oversight to help you become who it is that God has called you to be. That's the call of a pastor. Sometimes I think y'all think that I'm just hating on the megachurches. And there are probably some times where, you know, I'm salty like y'all are against the Astros, against some of those guys. But, but here's the thing. My heart in that, like, 100%, I hope that the big churches that have their, their pastor on a screen instead of in person, I hope a lot of people truly come to Christ through those ministries. And some of you did, and I praise God for that. But, but brothers and sisters, let, let me just ask, how can a preacher be your pastor when he doesn't even know you he doesn't even know your name now if you made me take a name test I'm probably going to fail right now but but I know your faces and, and but with the Lord's help in time I, I'm going to know you I'm going to know your name I'm going to know your kids names I'm going to know the name of your dogs sometimes because I want to know you. And and hear my heart in this. If we ever get so big we can't do that, we're going to send some of you out to start another church because we're not trying to grow a brand. We're not trying to grow a personality or a a big thing. We want to be the church. And I believe from a biblical standpoint that that if I'm going to shepherd you well, I need to be able to know you. And you need to be able to know your pastor. So some of you are like, well, (laughs) I'm not at a mega church, but I feel that way about Rusty right now he doesn't even know I exist brother or sister in this room I could drink a cup of coffee with you this week Call, listen, and I always say that you, you can, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble by saying famous preacher names but you can give them a call if you want but you ain't, you're not even going to get an email back but, but friends every single one of you that's a part of this church and it may not happen this week I may be overstepping that a little bit the office is going to be like don't say that <laughs> but friends within a reasonable amount of time you and I can sit across from one another at a coffee shop and talk about your life and I would suggest to you you need that kind of spiritual oversight and direction but not only does church membership mean you're submitting to leadership but, but friends church membership means you're submitting to one another When you join a church, you're submitting not only to the leadership of that church, but you're submitting to the body of Christ and saying, listen, I'm committing to care for you. We want to care for one another in the body of Christ. And yes, we love those who are outside of our church, and we want to work hard to reach our community and to love the people of this city. But here's what you need to know. The mark of Christianity from Jesus' perspective in John chapter 13, verse 35, my discipleship guy's, Uh, don't don't get on me if i misquote this jesus said by this all the world will know that you are my disciples by what by your amazing outreach programs by doing thankful feasts and youth horizons they'll really know they're here for the community all those things are well and good but here's what jesus said by this all will know you are my disciples your love for one another The church ought to love each other and care for each other and submit to one another in such a way that the world looks at us and says, that's a little bit crazy, but those people know Jesus. Those people know Jesus. So here's where I want to talk about membership in a little more of a practical way. So church membership means we submit to leadership and we submit to one another, but here's what I want to just be open and honest with you about. The Bible doesn't explicitly tell us how we should practice church membership. And this is where people get a little bit hung up sometimes. Uh, Because, yeah, the Bible doesn't say, and then they all filled out a membership card, and they had an office and kept track with all the records. No, it doesn't tell us how that happened. Can I tell you, I wish there was like a letter called First Church's Information. You know, like a bibliography that we could refer to and be like, oh, here's exactly how you're supposed to do it. But the Holy Spirit of God, it is clear, draws believers into a church. Remember verse 28, it said that, right? The flock of God that the Holy Spirit has set you as an overseer of. So the Holy Spirit draws people into a church. How does membership happen? We don't know how that happens per the scriptures, but we know that it happened is what I want to argue to you today. So we as a church want to do our best shot of doing membership in a meaningful way that we think aligns with Scripture. So here's what it means to be a member of Crossroad Church. First, it means that you publicly identify as a follower of Jesus Christ. Our church is all about following Jesus, so uh, we, we welcome you here. If you don't have faith in Christ yet, we want you here. We want you to come and enjoy fellowship and be connected to us, but we unashamedly want you to come to Jesus. And membership in the body of Christ means that you are saying, I love Jesus, I know Jesus, and I want to be a part of this local body of believers. So how do you publicly identify as a Christ follower? Well, a couple ways. You can offer a statement of faith that you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, or you can publicly identify with Christ through baptism. We're going to have a baptism next Sunday And some of you in here may say I need to get baptized too And I've never followed up with that Uh, Today would be a great day to find me in the lobby And say can I talk to you about baptism Because we're going to have water in that thing next week I'm ready to dunk all of you But only if you're publicly identifying As a follower of Jesus Christ I ain't into all that Just dunk them in the water Just for whatever You can go to the TV screen church for that Shots fired (laughs) Let's just keep going So being a member of of Crossroad means that you publicly identify as a follower of Jesus, okay? Secondly, it means that you understand the vision, mission, and beliefs of our church family. That's part of what it means to be a part of this local body, is that you say, yes, I understand their vision and their mission, and I understand the beliefs. We'll talk about how we're going to do that here in a few minutes. But not only do you understand that, but you support it. You commit to support the vision and mission of Crossroad Church. How do you do that? Three simple ways we mark this. First, by faithful attendance, by coming and being a part of what God is doing here at the church. But not only do you faithfully attend, but but we encourage you to faithfully support by giving. Listen, we we don't teach that the tithe has gone over in the New Testament, but here's what, uh, every time people say that, well, is the tithe still a biblical thing? What I say is the New Testament actually points to a higher standard than 10%. So this isn't a message on giving. God's blessing our church. I'm not worried about that. I'm not trying to get our numbers up financially or anything like that. But one of the primary ways we support and say I'm in is through financially giving. We say here, give as the Lord leads, nothing more and nothing less. So if you're a member of this church or you're praying about being a member of this church, then you are called to pray about what the Lord would have you give and obey. That's what it means to faithfully give. And finally, faithfully serve. Find a place to plug in and use the gifts that God has given you to help this body become the body that God has called it to be. That's what it looks like and what it means to be a member of Crossroad. So here's what I want to tell you. I just want to be honest with you today and tell you that, like, in the not-too-recent past, I was kind of like anti-church membership guy. I was one of you, if you're that person, who said things like, It doesn't matter. I don't need my name on a piece of paper to be a part of a church. Like, I'm, they know I'm here. They, they know I give. They know I support. Like, it doesn't matter, anyways. And from a pastor's perspective, I can tell you that sometimes it is an administrative nightmare, right? And it's like, oh, there's all this paper stuff. Like, this is just, why, why does it even matter? You're either part of the church or you're not. It does. So, some of you, what I want to tell you and what I want you to hear when I say that to you is this if you are against church membership for those reasons, then you are against church membership for the right reasons if it's just about having names on paper and helping us get more organized that's dumb there's some points to be made for helping helping a brother out and doing that right but but i could see where you would arrive at a point where you say this doesn't matter but today what i hope you're seeing is that you've been wrong about what membership is membership isn't just your name on a piece of paper membership isn't just uh, names on a roll or you know having official documentation having to sign things and all of that this is not a club this is not an organization membership is not like your dylan's plus rewards membership here's the reality friends membership is about intentionally identifying with the body of christ that is expressed here at crossroad church my prayer is that in this season, we will begin to take this call seriously. So where do we go from here? What does this look like? Well, let me just kind of lay out a map for where we're headed. First, next week, uh, we are going to go over our statement of beliefs together in this time. Uh, we've got, we're going to have a copy printed out for you to have sitting there. We're going to read through it together, and I'll kind of offer some thoughts and commentary on that as we walk through that. We're just going to clearly say, this is who we are, and this is what we believe. Secondly, I want to tell you that if you weren't here on celebration Sunday, which was on September the 18th You can go to crossroad.live and go to our sermon archives and click on the picture that says celebration Sunday And in that message I laid out very clearly hopefully the vision and mission of crossroad church who we are So what I want to tell you is this friends If you are here today or watch this sermon online today and you watch the Celebration Sunday message and you come next week as we talk about our statement of faith, then in effect, congratulations, you have been through a membership class at Crossroad Church. So we've talked about why, and next week we're going to talk about what we believe and who we are. And if you listen to our vision and our mission and you align, here's what I'm asking you to pray about this week. Next Sunday morning, at the conclusion of our worship time, we're going to have a a moment where if you have not joined our church and the Lord moves in your heart to join our church, you're going to have a card in your seat that you're going to be able to fill out and become a member of Crossroad Church. You're going to be able to do that. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to pledge any money. We ain't about all that. You just fill this card out that says, I want to be a member of this church, and you will be a member of this church if you fill that card out. Some of you say, well, what if I'm already a member? We're going to have a special prayer time where we ask you to just come and pray for the future ministry of Crossroad Church. But I'm also just going to tell you that back on the Connect counter next week, we're going to have like an official list of who is a member right now. Because here's what I know, and let's just just have some real talk. Some of y'all think you're members, but you're not and it's because you haven't done what the old bylaws said you had to do, and you renew your membership every December. Some of you maybe left for a season and then came back, and we're so glad you're here, but, but if you left and didn't renew your membership, you're not gonna be on that list. So here's what I wanna just say right now. If you go and your name's on that list, please don't get mad about it. Can I tell you what you need to do? If you're, if you're bothered by that, I'm bothered too. Fill out one of those cards, and let's get your name on that list. Amen? And here's what I believe. I believe there's some of you who've been on the fence on membership for a while. Some of you, maybe you're like the first Dylan's Plus reward card person who's like, "Man, I don't got time to come to a class." Some of you, for real practical reasons, haven't been able to get here for a class, and you're like, "Thank you, Rusty, for bringing membership class to me." But I want to encourage you to pray about taking this step of joining Crossroad Church. Not so we can have bigger names on the roll or anything like that. You're not even going to really know how many we have. It doesn't really matter. But can I tell you as your pastor and as one of the elders that God has called to shepherd the flock that the Holy Spirit has brought to this church family, I want to know who you are. I want to be able to pray for our, our members. I, I want to have a rhythm where I'm praying through our list of members every single week and praying for you. I, I want to be able to shepherd you well. But if I'm to shepherd the flock of God, I've got to know who is the flock of God that is among us at Crossroad Church.